Welcome to the milk bar. 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 Welcome along to episode 586 of the milk bar. Jason Forrest here with you as ever in coming up on the show. We'll have music when we hear from Wrong Jovi's Ali Ward, having a chat with him about his gigging. And also we'll be talking to Skinner and Twitch about their recent charity releases and all the work they've been doing as part of their social club over recent weeks. On top of that, we'll be finding out about the world of slam wrestling when Axel Carter joins us for a bit of a natter. We will also be talking about the new season ahead in sport with Sky Stewart of Black Country Fusion as we find out what's going on there. And on top of that, a brand new film release which is being distributed by Lionsgate. It is The Unfamiliar. The writer and director Hank Pretorius joins us for a bit of a word on that one as well. That's all coming up on this week's show. <laughs> With the release last Friday of The Unfamiliar, a brand new film in the horror genre is making its way around the video on-demand services. To tell us more, I'm joined now by director and writer Hank Pretorius. Hi. How are we doing? I'm doing great. It's a sunny day in London. Well, that all helps. So, uh, obviously, uh, this is uh, a story which is going to scare many of the viewers, at least that's the plan. And it takes a trip to Hawaii to look at some of the... Uh, the stories and folklore around the island. That's right. Yeah, it's a good summary. So how did this come about? Because the production company you're working for, uh, which you're co-founder of, uh, has been going for about eight years now. Was this one of the projects that you wanted to get off the ground when you started that? Yeah, it was a couple of years ago when I was living in Los Angeles and I was hanging around with a bunch of Marines because the film is actually about a, a British Army doctor coming back from war, thinking she's got PTSD. Mm -hmm. And then she kind of finds out there's something more sinister going on in the house, which leads her to Hawaii. And I was in um, LA at that time, hanging around with this, these Marines. And they were telling me stories about when they came back from Afghanistan and what it all meant and having PTSD. And they didn't really delve into it. There was quite a guard up. And I found that really fascinating. So I, I thought maybe we can create something where you have a British Army doctor coming back for more. And she's seen stuff that she doesn't want to share with her family. And she's trying to processing She's trying to process that while, of course, there's something else going on. Um, and that's how we, we delve into the wine folklore, which is a, a very a mythical, actually, some of the wine folklore actually comes from Asia and it was brought to Hawaii. Mm -hmm. And it's an entire new um, folklore that you get to delve into and see unfold on a screen. And I have seen some of the pictures and stills from this, and this is quite disturbing. I mean, this is proper horror, isn't it? Um, yeah, it's, it's, it, look, you can't really go, I'm going to make a horror, because the, the horror audience is so, they've seen it all, you mm. know. It's not, a, I won't say it's a blood and gore film. There's no blood and gore. So it, it really plays with your imagination more and pulls you, attempts to pull you more into the emotional, psychological state of easy. Mm -hmm. and then take you through a breadcrumb experience throughout the film to make the sensical puzzle then. But it's definitely not a blood and gore film, but it, but it is horror in terms of it's, it, it tends to keep you on the edge of your seat. Mm -hmm. um, it's, it, I only provide you with a little bit of information. There's, no overly ex there's not a lot of exposition, so you, you, you kind of have to pay attention 
to understand the form unfold. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you have to pay attention. And you say you, you have to be part of the storytelling with what you're working out in your own mind based on the, the puzzle pieces that you get along the way. And that must have been great to compose as a writer and then to direct as well. Yeah, it, it was. You know, it's one of those things that we do, uh, a, so do a massive amount of research and yet you want to tell the story through Izzy's perspective. And then you, you walk into a, a door where you have to like almost kill most of your research out of the film. You literally delete it. And then tell, uh, I, always, I, I would call the film almost a haiku if, if, as a poetic reference. Mm -hmm. Be, because you, you, you don't have, um, you know, the, the, the film doesn't allow you um, to, to really tell the other perspectives of the other characters, which you'll see why when you watch the film. So this is uh, going out as a, as a premium video on demand release and obviously it deserved a, a full uh, you know, theatrical screening I mean, and that could still come in time, couldn't it, once we get a bit more back to normal? Um, unfortunately, when it's out on demand, it probably won't have a theatrical in Britain. Uh, it was uh, originally planned for a wide release in, in the UK, uh, 200 plus cinemas. Uh, which is just not a reality at the moment. You know, uh, Christopher Nolan's uh, film is, is trying that at the moment, but he's got a massive studio supporting him with a lot of money behind it. Whereas uh, this is still an independent film. So we did have a 200 plus cinema release. We also had a theatrical in the US and both were canceled just because of um, the pandemic. But there's a couple of other territories around the world, like it's going out in Vietnam on theatrical and Bali, I think it's going out in theatrical. So we'll still have that experience <laughs> in a way. <laughs> well, that's the important thing. And it's important for you and for the actors. I mean, and you know that uh, you know, having been on the, the other side of the camera yourself with uh, your appearance in uh, South African Soap and, and so much more that you've done. And, and does that shape your directing and your writing when you know how it's going to play out from the other side of the camera? Yeah, absolutely. You know, the, the, the respect I have for actors, I think, comes from that and knowing how difficult their job is to really communicate emotion um, in, in already a, a set canvas, you know. So it, it's really difficult because uh, I, I came, like we rightfully said, I, I wanted to be an actor. And I think it's an incredibly difficult job where it's a lot of self-actualization, getting auditions, finding a job, and then the, in delivering it. And then you at the mercy of a script a director, and of course the audience. The creatures, um, the the way that was brought to life as well. I mean, that's been quite a special process too, hasn't it? Yeah, it's, we worked with a, a creature designer called uh, Robbie Drake, and he's a professional and he's been in the industry for, I think, 30 plus years. And this is my first time I'm working with a creature designer and we wanted to do a lot of the effects in camera. And you know, the thing is about what, what I noticed being coming from South Africa to, to Britain is the amount of detailed work here is exceptional. People can really go into detail of like just designing the hand of the creature and exactly how it would look. And it was, it's almost like a, a Swiss clockmaker approach, <laughs> I would say. You know, and, and it was amazing to see that uh, unfold in front of me. We, but yet we didn't use the creatures a lot on screen because we didn't want uh, the film to be about the creatures. We wanted to be more about the power of our imaginations, but they were certainly there to be used. Yeah. And, and that in itself, I think that helps the, the actors set the scene. I mean, it might not be something you see on screen a lot, but actually the fact there's something there to play to, uh, it gives uh, an even more amazing, I know you've got amazing actors, but it do, I think it just does give it that next level, doesn't it? It does, you know, absolutely. And it's also like just the reality for me being my first horror I've made, 
Whereas I walk around and I took a, a picture of one of the creatures and my mother said I should start praying and get out of the room because <laughs> it looks so real. So <laughs> just, and then I also had some nightmares about it as well. So it, it's, it's, it's that whole thing. Like it's such a weird thing to make a horror film because your intention is to scare people. And at the same time, I, I usually make, uh, I've made comedies. So now you've got all these creatures walking around on set and you, you do this like anxious scenes where you're trying to build tension and you, you're doing scares. And it's like, yeah, it's so I suppose it helped the actors a lot. Uh, and uh, is there a, a comedy blooper tape then that's only for the Christmas party? Should there be one this year? <laughs> I, I hope we get a Christmas party. That would be, <laughs> be really nice. So, you, know, <laughs> you never yeah, know. Cool. Well, obviously, this is going to, uh, you know, Give some uh, escapism, uh, the chance to enjoy a bit of horror and know that, uh, fingers crossed, that uh, these uh, mythical creatures aren't hanging around in Hawaii. So uh, where can we go to, uh, to see this as part of its UK video on demand release? Uh, yeah, we can go right now to iTunes, the unfamiliars, almost everywhere in Amazon, on Virgin Media. It's a Lionsgate um, digital release in the UK, so it should be available on any platform of your choice. So we're searching for the unfamiliars and uh, you can be prepared for uh, a, a, a chance to take notes. And it's one of those films, I think, where you're going to want to go back and watch it a second time, maybe from behind the settee, just so you don't miss out on any of those plot points. I think it is uh, hopefully that. Um, you, you know, the thing is with a film like this is it's, it's quite taxing the first time because uh, the information happens once and once only and you need all the little clues to put the puzzle together and then in the second time i think it's opportunity to really indulge and enjoy it so it's it's another thing which which of comedy is just like my attention is to make you laugh this one i'm, I'm i want to keep you in the mind of the lead character so so yeah i hope audience members do have that um, sort of experience well ambitorious writer and director of the unfamiliars thank you for joining us thank you welcome home mommy <gasps> why don't you tell me what happened to you in marja I've been seeing things, hallucinations, and it's not PTSD, I've been taking the pills. That's the thing about war, always leave scars and not all of them are physical. You come from the house in the forest. A woman lived there. People whispered she could transfer the dead into the living. Taking your pills? Yes. And it wasn't a hallucination. I need to perform an exorcism. Whatever happens, stay calm. Do not attempt to make physical contact with the spirit. It is not safe.
Oxfam Wrestling in Hensford are working with an excellent team, putting on events throughout the region and having uh, a great time bringing wrestling entertainment to the masses. To tell us more, I'm joined now by their current champion, Axel Carter. Hello, sir. How are we? I'm good. How do we find you? I am not too bad, not too bad at all. Good stuff. So tell us a bit about how you became involved with slam wrestling because uh, I know that you've actually fought all over the world. Slam wrestling, seven years ago I uh, stumbled upon them. They had a show on Western Supermare Pier and uh, it just it went from there. It just got involved um, and seven years later I'm still here, the current slam wrestling champion and uh, yeah, seven years strong. So. Well, and in itself, I mean, the sport has many millions of followers across the globe and bringing that to the people in, in local areas so they can actually uh, yeah, feel part of it and see what actually happens at one of these events rather than some of the big stadium things, which I, I know I'm sure you're destined for at some point and uh, hopefully some of the slam banner. But you know, it, it is... Uh, a really big sport, as we as we know, and uh, but th there seems to be a very much divide. You either are wrestling or you aren't wrestling, which is strange, isn't it? Yes, yeah, yeah, definitely. Like, but you hit the nail on the head. It, it, they're very up close and personal shows. It's not what you see. It's what you see on TV. But closer. it's a, it's a live action action stunt show where you you cheer the good guys, you boo the bad guys. You know, you can really get vocal, get the whole family involved. So. And what got you into this in the first place? Um, Believe it or not, a friend of mine, uh, we went to Butlins uh, together, but our families know each other, and I saw the wrestling show at Butlins, I got dragged along to it, didn't think I'd like it, and then I ended up falling madly in love with it, and uh, that was 14, 15 years ago now, so uh, a long time ago now, long time. And, but it's a sport which um, has a variety of ages in it, though, doesn't it? I mean, that's, that's one of the, the great things about it. It's not a case of you turn 25, 30 and you're done for. This is actually a, a sport which, which has got a great wide span of, uh, of, of, of physical uh, appearances, prowess and uh, also age range. So and yeah. it must be, again, interesting seeing that come together. Absolutely. I like to say it's lots of different flavours of ice cream, so there's something for everyone. If you like mint chocolate chip, there's going to be mint chocolate chip. If you like vanilla, there's vanilla. If you like chocolate, there's chocolate. If you like salted caramel with sprinkles on top, there's going to be that in wrestling. So. And, and having seen you and your outfit, you're definitely Raspberry Ripple, judging by uh, what you get to wear <laughs> yeah. uh, when you are in the ring. So, again, this is all part of, of that personality. And uh, uh, it, Axel Carter, does, does, uh, is this uh, a persona that which exists for you in the real world too? Or is it, do you keep him to the ring? Uh, absolutely. It's just when I, when I go through the curtain and I'm, and I'm there and I feel the electricity from the crowd, it's just me turned up to 14.15 on that dial. It's, it's about to blow. The electricity that you feel from everyone that, that are in wherever you are, whichever city you are, whichever town you're wrestling in, you just feel the energy, the emotion of everyone, and it just it really turns the dial up. So with the work that's been done at the uh, Trinity Church Hall in Hensford, that's bringing uh, people together, again, of, of all ages, to, to learn the, the craft? Yes, all ages. I've seen, I've seen uh, the youngest fan being one years old and the oldest in the 80s, 90s. It's really it's something for everyone. And when it comes to yeah, having idols in this game, I mean, there are a lot of absolutely massive names. Uh, and, and who is it that you've looked up to over the years that, that, that you're now kind of very much in the place of having the youngsters getting involved looking up to you? 
Sure. Uh, the the biggest one, and he's obviously one of the most well known, was Hulk Hogan. Just his character was is just that sums wrestling up in in one really. It's just the 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 larger than life superhero character. Uh, also the the British Bulldog, David Boy Smith, was another one that I I like watching. I'm very into the old school wrestling. Uh, all the stuff you used to see in the 80s, 90s, more so than the modern stuff. But British Bulldog, Hulk Hogan, Shawn Michaels. Mr. Perfect, those those kind of characters really stood out to me because they had something different. They weren't run of the mill. They were all a, a bit above and beyond. Yeah, and and you describe it as a, a, a stunt show, and the the way in which these items um, choreographed is probably you know, uh, one way of putting it. But I mean, you have to know what you're doing. You've got to stay safe while still putting on an amazing physical show. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, I've never come back from a match where I haven't had. Bumps, bruises, scrapes, broken bones, you know, you know, it, every, it is a very dangerous sport and uh, it, it's one of those things that we, Slam Wrestling do offer training in Hensford, Trinity Centre, so uh, if anyone is listening and wants to join, uh, have, a, have a trial session, more than welcome to come along because it, there is something for, even if you don't want to be on shows and you just want to improve your cardiovascular, your strength, your, your conditioning, it, it's one. It's something different. It's something different. And and it is a it's a it's a, it's a way of uh, doing a physical sport that mm. uh, you you know what you you are getting into. And there is let's say that chance to be part of something that you know it's it's a family favourite, isn't it? It's it's one of those yeah. where everyone can get involved and, and enjoy it. Uh, so uh, you know, how do you see you know, the progressing for you, for yourself now? What what is the next move? Because obviously as a Slam champion and with the work they. Would normally be doing absolutely all over the country. I know it's been curtailed a bit the last few months, but you know it, it is it's still uh, great to be part of that and and see what can happen next. Well, obviously, I'm going to hold on to the belt for as long as possible, defending it anywhere we go and everywhere we go, and just trying to trying to grasp onto it for as long as I can. You know, I've had some uh, some tough opponents over the uh, coming months and years, so. Um, that's the main goal at the moment, keep hold of this belt, but still travel around uh, the country, wrestling wherever, whenever. And probably the ultimate goal would be, like most people, to make it to what was the WWF, now the WWE. That, that would be the main goal, you know, that, that's, that's the kind of pinnacle of the, of the sport. That is where a lot of the focus goes, but it is effectively grassroots wrestling, uh, which is accessible and, and will get the, the, the next generations to come. Uh, I mean, dare I ask how old you are now? I am 23. So, I mean, you, you've been involved in this since you were very young. And very with, young. With, with, very a, young. with many years ahead of you. So, the, 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 there is yes. the potential to grow. And, to, uh, and having Slam on your CV is a really great start, isn't it? Well, absolutely. Absolutely. I've had hundreds and hundreds of matches with, uh, with Slam Wrestling. And if you just, anyone to come along to the shows would see the kind of caliber of talent they've got on the show. And, you think, wow, you know, you really get your money's worth. Really get your money's worth. So have you got anything coming up in the near future that people can go and see? Uh, so we have got uh, a show in the Trinity Centre. It's on the 3rd of October. Doors open at 7. If you go to Slam Wrestling on their Facebook page, there's a link. And um, you can buy the tickets because everything obviously socially distanced. Uh, we do ask you to uh, wear masks. Um, but they, they, they can be provided on the door as well. But October the 3rd, so... That's one to, to check out. So look for Slam Wrestling on Facebook. And that's where you get all the details of the, uh, the actual group's uh, meetings each week as well? Yes, yeah. 
And uh, uh, actually, where can we find out your information so people can follow you online? Uh, so I have a Facebook page, I have Instagram and a Twitter. If you just search Axel Carter Wrestler, I'll, I'll pop up. And on Twitter, it's uh, Real Axel Carter. Oh, Axel, thank you for joining us. Keep up the good work and long may the success continue. Perfect, thank you. I hope, uh, I hope someone listening today will see me at a show soon. And if you do, make sure you let me know where you found me. Somebody who is often on stage performing the magical music of John Bon Jovi is Ali Ward, and he certainly has the look for it, and joins me now for a chat. Hello, sir. Hello there. How's it going? Oh, good with me, and I trust we find you hopefully busy again now. Uh, it's picking up, yeah, slowly but surely, but I mean, usually I'm out with a, a full band, which I was doing actually last night, which was our first sort of show, which was quite local to yourself, actually, but um, yeah, no, I mean, yeah, I've been busy trying to get into the solo world of... Uh, doing what I do and uh, yeah luckily for me it's sort of kind of picked up in the right sort of manner so far mm -hmm. so far so good yeah and to say uh, I mean with John Bon Jovi's music I mean he's done uh, a fair few things on his mm. own and with the rest of the Bon Jovi band so you've got yeah. plenty uh, to work from a different point of his career but yeah. it's such feel-good music it must be great to get up there and rock out with that uh, I think so, yeah. I mean, uh, when I've been, obviously when we do at the band, it's, you know, it's we try and give the experience as if it was the real thing, you know, so it's the all five members and, you know, the, the camaraderie on stage, the music, obviously, you know, it's great fun. And this, you know, the, the sort of places that you get to play, it's, uh, yeah, it's, um, you know, it's really enjoyable stuff. It's very highly addictive. So obviously when we couldn't do that, um, it was... Um, it was a very, yeah, it was a, it was a really big sort of impact really on uh, well for me specifically I felt it it was not be able to do uh, do that so obviously in the last sort of couple of months um, whilst you know and obviously there's a lot there's many sort of different factors as to you know certain recoveries in the industry obviously uh, the band sort of side of things is still quite slow kind of getting back to where it was mm -hmm. but. Um, it's certainly given me the sort of the opportunity, like I said, to sort of look at the solo side of things, and it's a different sort of way of uh, expressing what I do, and obviously earning your sort of livelihood. I mean, for starters, obviously I haven't, I haven't got four other guys there behind me who are uh, there to interact with and sort of shoulder the, uh, you know, the awkward moments if there's any. Can, can uh, you have got a big enough personality to carry that off on your own. We know that I've seen you perform on uh, some of the videos we've had online, so you can carry that off whatever you say, young man. <laughs> but I mean, the thing is, I mean, you, you are a young man. You, I mean, you were definitely not around for the start of Mr. Uh, bon Jovi's career. Uh, so uh, what brought you to the music in the first place? Well, believe it or not, I'm not as young as I look. I'm, you know, I'm 36. I'm actually as old as the band has been in existence. But yeah, quite rightly, I wasn't, I would have been a fairly young nipper when uh, they were at their, what people perceive to be their absolute peak. But uh, no, what kind of brought me into it really was uh, being a singer, um, finding your voice uh, throughout, was it from the work, you know, the age of 18 really. And then you, I started sort of singing, you know, I grew up in the era really, you know, of listening to things like Oasis. So uh, <laughs> I was always into rock music and I always wanted to play guitar, for example. And uh, I guess in many ways, if I was ever going to be in a band, it would have been in that sort of element. And then, I don't know, I found myself being a singer. You discover your range um, just by doing karaoke. That's how I kind of got into it, really. Uh, and singing Bon Jovi songs was one of the one of the songs in the repertoire. And um, 
yeah, you just, I think as a singer, yeah, you just start, start exploring your range and then you, as a result, you explore these artists with the big voices, the, the dynamic ranges and yeah, I kind of got into it more and next thing you know, you know, you post videos of yourself doing it and it falls into people's minds, well, little screens, you know, and then uh, you're getting calls saying, oh, would you like to audition for this or that, which is, uh, you know, at the time, you know, I thought it was a bit of a joke, <laughs> but, you know, but no, it's, uh, it's ended up shaping what my uh, life and my, and my career now, really, so yeah, it's been brilliant. Well, it's excellent what you do with it, and as I say, when you're, you're more comfortable playing with live music, because live music really is what counts and it's what you're about. Uh, the fact you're working with some, uh, you know, some backing recordings. Uh, I mean, do you get the band to record for you to make it uh, more of a live experience, or are you working with something that's a bit little more layered? I mean, basically, when I'm doing now the um, the solo, I say it's solo, but it's a bit, it's kind of solo stroke, duo stroke um, trio. I mean that. Well, when I put myself out there for these solo things, obviously I kind of want to aim for, you know, just a work full stop. But ideally, you know, because I do a live band normally, and obviously that's what I'm, that's what really my comfort zone is. I try to keep it live. So really, I've been going out with an acoustic guitar, and if I'm doing a duo, I'll have a guy on another acoustic guitar. So we kind of really give that experience a, a live and unplugged sort of experience, really. But I have sort of opened myself up to backing track gigs, which no, the guys haven't played a part on it at all. To answer sort of your question, really, they just—it's just a case of, you know, um, well, really, it's just like how any other backing track artist would sort of approach it, really. But but working with what you can to to bring the music during these difficult times, as I say, live sets are something that you 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 love and yeah. hopefully will be uh, back fairly soon. So, is there a bit of a catalogue out there of things that people can see of you online? Uh, yeah, there's well, there's mu there's many, you know, we're very, um, we're, as far as Ron Jovi's concerned, you know, yeah, we're always sort of posting videos of, um, you know, of our past performances in various venues for people to enjoy, relive, you know, and I guess check out just for if they're ever, ever interested in sort of booking us one day. Um, for myself personally, on YouTube, you know, if they were to look up Ali Ward TV, um, You'll see there are many sort of uh, videos of myself performing covers, not just Bon Jovi, you know, whether it be uh, acoustic to backing tracks. So it gives a good idea as to what I'm all about, really. But, you know, in a nutshell, really, what I'm all about, really, is what I do with the band. When I'm on stage, that's when you get the full sort of uh, picture, really, of uh, what you expect to see if you were to come and see me live. So, um, yeah, go check out Wrong Jovi. <laughs> OK, Wrong Jovi is what we're looking for. Ali Ward TV on YouTube and some uh, magical musical moments captured. And the real way to do it though is to book this man and his band and get the true experience or get along to a gig when you see them posted on one of the pages. But Ali, thanks for having a chat with us. Looking forward okay. to maybe seeing you live in our area in the not too distant future. Yeah, I hope so too. Yeah, thank you very much. This Romeo was bleeding But you can't see his blood there's nothing but some feelings But it's so dark he took It's been raining since you left me And now I'm drowning in the blood You see I've always been a fighter But without you I give up Now I can sing a love song Like the way it's meant to be Well I guess I'm not that good anymore just me and I will love you, baby. 
pages that you leave behind are just memories of the different lives of the bitters. So the bitters cry, wanna meet you, had to say goodbye while I get you on my fingers, through your head, touch your lips to hold you near when you say your prayers. Try to understand, I made mistakes, I'm just a man When he holds you close, when it pulls you near When it sells the word to be needed to hear I wish I was him, because his words are mine To save you, to the end of time here I
With a brand new season for Black Country Fusion getting underway on the 20th of September, Sky Stewart joins me now to tell me how the prospects look for the next campaign. Hello. Good morning, Jason. You all right? I am well. How do we find you? Yeah, I'm really good, thank you. Excited for the season to finally start. Well, yeah, and there's been a lot of prep work ongoing. So how did things finish at the end of the last campaign? In the Wolverhampton Sunday Morning League, um, it was um, awarded points per game. So we finished second in Division 2. Yeah, that's it, Division 2. <laughs> um, so we was promoted. So we was promoted to do to Division 1. So great news there, amazing. which is absolutely fantastic. Congratulations to everyone involved on that one. I know a lot of hard work went into that. And obviously the disappointment of not finishing the season uh, was, uh, was huge. But it has put you exactly where you deserve to be in the next league up. Uh, which again brings its own challenges, doesn't it? It definitely does. Like we, we're, you know, moving up and um, we're continuing to grow, which is important to us. Um, when we, when we started Black Country Fusion, we always wanted to be as big as possible, uh, and obviously we are continuing to grow, um, and that's important to us. So that growth continues with a continuation of some sponsorship as well. So the shirts are going to be looking resplendent for the new season. Yeah, definitely. Um, we're launching our brand new carling kit um, in the next couple of days, really. Um, so, yeah, that's really exciting. We can't thank carling enough for everything that they've done for us. Um, and, the, and the kits look really, really nice. Which is good. Does this mean that your supporters are going to be able to buy one of your kits as well? Um, yeah, hopefully, yeah. Um, obviously, we've got to speak to our, our uh, manufacturers and um, get, to, get a few extra shirts going out there mm -hmm. so yeah case of placing orders as soon as possible and uh, and once that kit is out there and everyone's ready to uh, start playing how are the fixtures looking because you'll be uh, a few different teams to that you're used to seeing yeah definitely um we've got a, a couple of new teams starting um we, we, we we've got a, a new development side starting this season which is really really exciting um, and they're doing really 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 well um there's so many different players there that um, we're really excited. And uh, with the development that you've got with the uh, the rest of the organisation, I mean, how, how do you see things uh, progressing? Because I, I suppose these development squads are, are basically feeding the first team. Yeah, definitely. Um, and, and that's why we wanted to start a development squad, is so that we can have um, a continuation and we can continue to build as much as we can. Um, and the development squad will do that. Um, and then going into the future of Black Country Fusion, we want a we want a continuation of players. So, I mean, how does it work as well with the uh, the, the the women's team in the set of two? Because uh, you've got uh, yeah, quite an, an expansive number of teams now, haven't you? Yeah, we've got um, we've got like I think it's like about five teams now, um, and we're continuing to build. Um, we want to we want to really concentrate on women's football in the next season and um, start a couple of youth teams as well. So lots to look out for um, and uh, who is the first fixture against for the, uh, the, the first team for the, for the men on uh, the 20th? Yeah, um, we've got a really, really hard game on the, on the 20th against um, the Premier League winners of last season, Warstar Wanderers um, and that's next Sunday. Um, so yeah, it's going to be a hard game, but it's all about enjoying our season this season, mm -hmm. um, and um, no expectations of, from from the players really. Um, it's just about enjoyment for the next season, 
why we continue to build. Yeah, but I mean, whilst you are enjoying it, actually, that makes better football as well. If you're playing because you think you've got something you need to do, then actually, when a point's to be proven, it makes it harder to play together as a team sometimes. So uh, taking a, a nice chilled-out attitude towards it all really could help here. Yeah, definitely. I mean, for the past couple of seasons, we've had expectations of growing and growing and growing. Um, for this season, we are where we want to be at, at this point. So um, it, it, it's all about enjoying the football this season and, um, you know, continuing to grow and build for the future. And, and, and the lads are really on board with that. Um, so we're really looking forward to the season. And um, as I said, there's no expectations. It's all about enjoying the football this season. Yeah, doing everything you can to maintain that position, obviously. But uh, seeing what can happen and seeing how it can develop and grow. And so with the, the, the five squads that you have in total and all the development the work that's doing, it's going to be uh, a, a great step forward for inclusive football and uh, just knowing that everybody is welcome to come and join in with, uh, with no prejudice. Yeah, definitely. Um, it, it, we're, we're all about inclusion here at Black Country Fusion. And... Um, you know, we're, we're concentrating on a couple of new projects, which is, you know, um, Project Autumn, which um, we are promoting positive mental health through football, um, which is a very exciting project for us. Well, keep up the good work. Where do we get to find you online and as all part of all those socials that I know you're constantly updating? So we're on Twitter at BC Fusion FC. Um, you can find us on Facebook, Black Country Fusion FC. Um, or you can email us at blackcountryfusionoutlook.com. Um, so blackcountryfusionoutlook.com if you want to get in touch, find out more. And although you've got your main shirt sponsors, always great opportunities to get involved and sponsor things like match programs and uh, yeah, things like uh, yeah, the, the, the man of the match, woman of the match, that sort of stuff too. So there's lots of great opportunities to actually get involved and be part of a fantastic journey. And uh, I know that uh, with the people that you've worked with in the past and who continue to, to look to support, that uh, they see the value in what you're doing as well as the uh, the fantastic results you'll be getting on the football pitch as well. So it's all absolutely brilliant news. For now, Chair of Black Country Fusion, Sky, thank you for joining us. Thank you, Jason. See you soon. Skinner and Twitch have been not only doing online concerts to keep people entertained over recent months, but also they're raising funds for charity with the release of some of that work. I'm joined now by both of them. Tell me more. Hello. Hello. Are you all right? Great. Excellent. Thank you. We're in we're in North Wales at the moment. So having a nice time relaxing, which is good. That's although right. I'm, I'm sure Thank you'll still you. be doing live gigs somewhere in some way knowing you too. But there we go. <laughs> so can we have formal introductions, please, for those who don't know you? Okay, I'm Sandra Twitchit, otherwise known as Twitch. That's a proper nickname. Yeah, I'm Steve Skinner, and uh, I play uh, guitars uh, in our duo and write the songs. That's right, and I, and I sing and do the arrangements in the studio, etc., etc. And it keeps you both rather busy. And we're going to uh, hear and see some of your work in a short while's time. But uh, first of all, let us know uh, what is ha actually happening, because I think we had a, a brief chat on the phone a little while ago, talking all, yeah. all about uh, the, the the sessions that you've been doing. So how has it all been going? Because I, I know things have pretty much gone from strength to strength, haven't they? Yeah. I, th I think so. I mean, we were, like so many people, in a lockdown, really kind of shocked. And then thought, we'll bounce back. And we got our video... 
uh, our Facebook social club up and running, which has been just fantastic for us, and it's been going through all through lockdown. Yeah. Sunday night events, seven to nine, uh, on Facebook. We've had we've got uh, artist showcases fortnightly. We've got sing arounds fortnightly, that's right. and that's been that's kept us busy, hasn't it? Steve? Yeah, it's really taken off actually. Um, yeah. We didn't quite know how it would work, but it, a lot of people have been interested. Um, from all around the world, we've got artists from Australia, Japan, and the States um, who have, have wanted to perform on our on our uh, little showcase. And, and big names as well. We've had you know Gilmore and Roberts. Uh, we've had Reg Muros, Rob Johnson, yeah. um, Vicky Swan, Johnny Dyer, all sorts of really yeah. well-known yeah. people have have played for us, and it's been so it's been really exciting. And although we haven't been able to do the live gigs, we had to reschedule the whole of this year's live dates really yeah it's felt like we've been very involved anyway hasn't it Steve? Right. it's also a platform for people to put their videos of um home recorded songs and that's been very popular as well we've certainly done a lot uh, what was the total we did something like 25 songs in a row that's right because steve's a prolific songwriter mm. and we had all sorts of uh, new previously unrecorded yeah. songs and we thought well why don't we use the opportunity yeah, it, it was, um, to record them at home know, recorded in the garden or yeah. in the office in one case uh, in the bedroom in the bedroom like bedtime stories we had a couple of cute songs in yeah. the bedroom didn't we steve yeah, ruby do and, and uh, kids songs really. the tiger hunt hunting the tiger yeah. hunter and the feedback was um, that it was kind of refreshing and that they weren't, you know, polished studio produced songs. They were rough and ready, yeah, just recorded right. on the phone. And, and to be honest, people really like that feel to it, you know, homespun stuff. And yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun. We, 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 it was hard work as well. Yeah, a hard work, but it gives you a chance to turn something around quite quickly in many ways as well. And uh, you are about the live performance. So if, if anybody can carry this off as a, as a one take recording, really, it's you two, isn't it? Oh, thanks very much. I appreciate that. Yeah. Also, um, Steve, why were we doing it as well? Well, what was important is that um, we've been raising money uh, through all this time for food banks in Leeds. That's in South and East Leeds. We chose Leeds just because we live in Leeds. Um, there's food banks doing great work in uh, just about all cities uh, in the UK, but we focused on Leeds. And um, we raised, how much is it now? 1,843. Yeah. So that's... A a lot of money. Yeah. More than 1,800 quid, well on the way to two grand and doing great things uh, with that. And it, it is uh, about sharing that music uh, as much as anything else and putting smiles on people's faces as you do when you're normally yeah. seeing them face to face in real life. Absolutely. And so with, with your tours all over the UK, I mean, I know you play our bit of the Midlands quite regularly under normal circumstances. And uh, it, it is uh, a, a loss that, that we can't get you down here. But the fact you've been sharing this stuff has been absolutely awesome. And, and, and your local fans are able to pick up on what's going on. Well, we have to come down as soon as we can. And uh, we were lucky that we did a tour of Australia and a tour of the States yeah. before the outbreak happened yeah, so in March. Lucky. We were in Australia for six weeks in um, in the autumn and then the states uh, in January and uh, early February. So we were lucky in a sense to Very get those lucky. tours in, yeah. um, which was just terrific. We had a great time. Yeah. A, bit, a bit of holiday making as well. You know, we uh, went to New York and then um, did some gigs around New England and then flew to New Orleans. New Orleans? Because <laughs> yeah. the right I tell way. you off if you say yeah. New Orleans, because it's like, New Orleans, that's a bit straight. Yeah. <laughs> US Folk Alliance uh, event, which was terrific. And then we hired a car, we drove up the, the Delta, we drove up the Mississippi River 
uh, which was just terrific. Including driving on levee roads. Yeah, no, the, with, and isn't that amazing? Yeah. I mean, you're driving along and you know there are alligators either side of you, having yeah. been to yeah. New Orleans and seen the amazing yeah. architecture as well, which really stood out. I mean, the home of uh, Louis Armstrong, was, uh, the airport's named after him and you've got a fantastic oh, statue. And, but the Mississippi yeah. itself, I, I, sp I spent one week in the US where I, I was at one end of the Mississippi down south and then I was up north uh, a few days later at the other end of the Mississippi. And it's an amazing just body of water. And it's, it, it's like a flow of energy, isn't it, which is the thing? Yeah, absolutely. And it's, obviously it's that whole place. area has inspired some fantastic music. We went to Memphis where there was a blues festival on. Mm -hmm. and yeah. we just by chance. <laughs> and, um, you know, that whole background of Elvis and, and people like um, Nashville, you know, it was um, it was really something actually. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, we've got something big coming up as well that might interest people because on October the third and fourth, we we have tended to do over the past few years an annual festival live live in Leeds, mm -hmm. and we've been raising money through through that part of the We Shall Overcome movement headed up by Joe Solo. But this year we decided, well, why don't we do it online because it's unlikely that we're going to be able to do a live live event. So October the 3rd, October the 4th, 1 till 11 each day, we've got some marvellous online performers. Again, uh, you know, we've collected really the, the people who've been playing for us over the past six yeah. months and new people, Sirius Child, Mark Block, Reg, Reg Muros, uh, we've got Minnie Birch, Kirsty mm. Merrin, Saskia Griffiths Moore, etc., etc., etc. Literally, you know, it's a kind of a yeah, oh, non-stop. Yeah, it's a kind of packed program of absolutely excellent artists for the two days. Yeah. That's right. So I do think if people can catch even a little bit of it, because you know, I realise people aren't gonna. They're not as stupid as me. They're not going to be sitting there for ten hours each day like I am. But if you want to dip in and out, yeah, just then, you know, catch what's happening, the vibe of what's happening, nice and friendly, yeah, upbeat. Yeah, drop in whenever you like. Yeah. What's that been Mark? Yeah. How how would they get in touch with that? Then, well, if you go on Facebook and you put in Skinner and Twitch, uh, then you should get. You'll see Skinner and Twitch's Pick and Mix Online Social Club. Yeah. So it's like a little festival, really, but mm -hmm. all online rather than face to face. So. Well, alive and kicking. And it'll be held on our social club page. So if you if you go onto the social club page on those two days, that's where it'll all be. Okay, check that out. Certainly going to be well worth a look and listen, having uh, seen what you've produced so far. So, but we're going to share one of your tracks now. So, what are we going to uh, to enjoy? Well, it's Steve working from home. Yeah. Um, obviously, millions of people during the lockdown of. Had to work from home, and that brings up certain opportunities uh, and also certain challenges. And I thought, well, you know, this is um, good stuff for writing a song. So it's a little bit kind of tango in feel this song. And I think this is um, from the video, isn't it? This recording. So it's, uh, I think this is from the video. Watch out for, for me dusting at the end. <laughs> okay, we'll take a look at that. Meanwhile, Steve, Sandra, uh, Skinner, and Twitch got that the right way around. Thank you both for joining us. Thank bye, you. Bye, bye, bye. I'm working from home It's driving me bananas I'm working from home In my pyjamas The dog is barking all the day The kids want me to come and play Then Asda brings a delivery And a live match starts on Sky TV should be working from home. It's driving me bananas. 
From home. He's around all day. I'm feeling quite late. He's getting in my way. I'm working from home. He's always on the phone. The kids are driving me crazy. All he's done is moan. Working from home. Worst job he's ever had. And the Wi Fi's really bad. I'm working from home. And it's driving me mad. Now my PC's on the blink. The printer's running out of ink. But all day long I'm on the phone at two o'clock I need some boots by three o'clock I take a snooze at four p.m. My boss's phone and ask me if I'm still Working from home But my laptop's failing Still in his pajamas I'm working from home And I'm sick of emailing He's driving me bananas I'm stuck should be drinking Chardonnay. I love to chill out with a friend, but there's still stuff I've gotta send. The Wi-Fi's bad and drives me mad. The scanner's broke and making smoke. The dog keeps growling. The kids are howling. It's over the top, and I need to stop. He needs to stop. Working from home. He's around all day. Getting in my way. I'm working from home. He's always on the phone. Kids are driving me crazy. All he does is moan. I'm working from home. Worst job he's ever and the had. Wi-Fi is bad. I'm working from home. And it's driving, driving me mad. mad. I'm working from home. And, and it's driving, driving me mad. I'm working from home. That's all for this week. Thank you so much for joining us back with episode 587 next week. Ta-ra for now. Goodbye from the mill bar. 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 Yeah. Goodbye from the mill bar. Yeah.